This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about jack cheese. Or possibly Monterey jack cheese. We'll get into that. I was going to say, yeah. Um, This episode was suggested by hosts Molly and Matthew during the American Cheese episode. Yeah, I don't remember that. That feels like a long time ago now, but... I'm so glad that we... That you know we we tape all of our episodes so that we can <laughs> so that we can be reminded at some point further down the line of, yeah. of what we said. No, it was it was a real innovation in the show's history. Mm-hmm. Like af- when uh, after like uh, you know we started the show in 2003, and then starting in 2010, <laughs> we st- we started taping the episodes. <laughs> before before that, they were performed just for our respective pets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that was great of us to suggest this. You're right. Good thank you. Job, thank you, host, host Molly and Matthew. And uh, let's go down uh, Jack Memory Lane. All right. You go ahead. Okay. So uh, I don't really have any Jack Memory Lane. Uh, I It's always just been kind of the mild white cheese that melts and crisps very well. Uh, my only memory lane is that I think this was introduced to us by Silots W, sister-in-law of the show, Wendy, mm-hmm. uh, who refers to store brand Monterey Jack as Cheap Jack which I only learned fairly recently is actually like a thing that people say that has nothing to do with cheese that just means something like is like cheap and shoddy but cheap jack yeah like oh. I don't know who says this or how common it is I think not very okay but but it is it was like a word that I found in a dictionary oh uh, but yeah but like we like I will put it on the shopping list like get some cheap jack meaning like you know Safeway brand jack cheese okay so I have even less memory lane than you do okay However, what memory lane I do have is of a particular jack cheese called Vela Dry Jack. And I looked for this to see if we could get some to taste on the episode, and I couldn't find any at any of the cheese counters near me. I don't think I have ever tasted it, but when I worked at a Whole Foods market, I remember we sold Vela Dry Jack. I can still picture what it looked like. 
and isn't it made in California? It is, yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's Sonoma easier to County, find there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is my memory of it, is is of a non-cheap jack, of an expensive jack. Yeah, I have had the, the Vela Dry Jack, and it is very tasty. Is it, would you use it for the same purposes? No, it's it's more of a hard, like, it's not quite as hard as, like, a Parmesan, but it's a, it's a hard cheese that uh, you would use for, for, like, snacking. Okay. Or grating. Okay. Um, well, uh, I think you're going to tell us some more about that cheese, in fact, so we'll get there. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you want to jump into the history of Jack cheese, which was a hundred times more interesting than I expected? Yeah, I'm okay, ready. Okay, so this is not going to be exactly funny, because there's a lot of of like colonialism involved. Okay. All right. Okay. So, but it, it was interesting, and so a, a lot of this comes from a from a good, albeit flawed, and I'll get into that article in Food and Wine called "The Tragic Way Monterey Jack Cheese Got Its Name" by Matt Blitz. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, is it Jack or Monterey Jack? Either one is fine. There's no trademark on the term Monterey Jack, so anyone can use it. And it was first made in Monterey, California, at the Monterey Bay Mission by Franciscan friars who brought cattle over from Spain in the late 18th century. And they made this, uh, you know, mild, uh, semi-hard cheese that they would have just called queso blanco or queso blanco pais, meaning white peasant cheese. Okay. All right. So uh, fast forward a few years to the mid-19th century and the Mexican-American War. Okay, wait, hold on. So so this was before... California was California. This was this was when uh, it was Alta California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the U.S. took Alta California from uh, from Mexico in the mm-hmm. t- Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, and uh, technically the U.S. paid for California, but paid a like peanutty price for it. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, you may wonder what that has to do with cheese. Well, we'll get there eventually. California was admitted to the Union as a state in 1850. You may remember, or at least your dad would, because he invented Altoids <laughs> in the 18th century. Okay. And Americans started moving to California. And I would, when I say Americans, what I really mean is non-Native Americans to try and get rich, a thing that has basically never stopped since then. However, there were already people living in California, and those were Mexican and Native American people. And under the Rancho land grant system, Mexico had granted permanent ownership of large tracts of land to Mexican farmers. Okay. As you might guess. And this was pre-Mexican American War. This was pre-Mexican American War. So okay. then after after the, the war, after the U.S. claimed, uh, you know, the, the top half of California, which mm-hmm. is now the state of California, the, the U.S. government made some noises like we're going to respect the rancho system and, uh, you know, that gave these Mexican <laughs> farmers uh, tracts of land that they would o- own in perpetuity. I have a bad feeling about this. So you should have a bad feeling about this. Here's where the, the, uh, the story gets complicated. Complicated because in the in the food and wine article, the the Mexican American farmers are are the victims in this story, which is true. But the farm labor that they used was largely consisted largely consisted of enslaved Native Americans. So. Oh wow! You know, this is this okay. is where like I'm reading the story. I'm like, oh, okay. This is this is why we needed Howard Zinn's People's History because the the actual people like who were getting who you know who this story revolved around right. were the Native American slave laborers uh, who were getting screwed by everyone and whose story doesn't really appear in the story, whose voice doesn't okay. really appear in the story. Okay, but this is what we got. So yes, yeah, so. Uh, 
the uh, as you as you might expect, uh, so American real estate investors they came to California and they were totally cool guys who had tons of respect for the Mexican land grant system. Yeah, uh, mm, okay. actually they went around stealing land from Mexican farmers left and right. And one of the most ruthless of these land barons was David Jack, who, as far as I could tell, changed his name from David Jack to David Jacks when he settled in California just because he liked the sound of it. Wow. What what would you change your name to if you were going to move to California? I did move to California in, uh, in 1993. And I changed my name to. Uh, well, you added Burton <laughs> when, you, right. when you met upon, and married your upon wife. Upon arriving in California, <laughs> you thought I'm going to add Burton because it's the name of a outdoor skate cup. No, snowboards. Snowboards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought like if I added it, that I would like get a get better at snowboarding and uh, and be like attract a cool snowboarding chick. <laughs> yeah, and that's that is exactly, that's what, exactly what Watson is. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so uh, David Jacks moved to Monterey in 1857. From from where? From someplace from east s- of California? Yeah. Like he was in Scotland for a while. I mean, oh, he was, he was okay. from Scotland. Okay. Um, I, I think he was like somewhere else in the U.S. and then moved to California. Um, okay. In 1859, through a sleazy lawsuit, which went all the way to the Supreme Court, uh, he acquired nearly the entire city's land for $1,000. Um, Wait, the entire? The entire city of, of Monterey. Monterey. Yes. Uh, which is about $37,000 today. So uh, it was a joke, joke money then, but still joke money in today's dollars. Okay. And so, and this land was presumably previously owned by Mexican farmers. Mexican farmers, uh, you know. There's also all the Franciscan Franciscan friars. And other people, yeah. Okay. So so from the, uh, the Food and Wine article, quote, with his new acquisition of land, Jack worked to maximize his profits. He charged obscene taxes to renters and foreclosed on properties, sometimes posting notices in English to intentionally confuse Spanish-speaking farm owners. On Jack's land, there were cattle ranches, vineyards, and 14 operating dairies. According to Jack, everything they made, he owned, including the popular white cheese, queso blanco pais. Wow. I wonder, so... I'm, I'm going to look into... There are things about this story that don't make a lot of sense, if that's what you're about to say. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, yes. So he started marketing this cheese as Jack's Cheese or Monterey Jack's Cheese, and that's pretty much it. It became very popular and, and known as Jack Cheese or Jack's Cheese. I mean, it was it was Jack's, like J-A-C-K-S apostrophe, which okay. everyone, of course, interpreted as, as Jack apostrophe S cheese. Okay. Okay. Wow. And that's, okay. that's pretty much it, except okay. that, of course, this story is disputed. Sure. Um, so uh, according to Wikipedia, there are competing claims to the origin of the name Monterey Jack Cheese, including one by Domingo Pedrazzi of Carmel Valley, who argued that his use of a pressure jack gave the cheese its name. There are also claims that Monterey Jack Cheese originated from the Victorine Ranch south, south of Malpaso Creek in Carmel Highlands. Well, it sure does seem that like this type of, of white cheese that melts well – could have originated in many different places. Yeah, the, the pl- part where I got stuck with the story is like, why did his name end up only being associated with the cheese? Was like the cheese the main thing going on in Monter- in the city of Monterey? I guess that's possible. Well, it was before the aquarium. That's true. That's it was good before point. the seafood watch. Yep. So, I mean, probably. Okay. All right. You, you cleared it up. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 
Um, and the other important thing that I learned in the, hist- the history of Monterey Jack is that uh, in 1985, the Jack in the Box fast food chain changed its name to Monterey Jacks. And this was not like a publicity. I mean, it was a publicity stunt, but it wasn't like a, uh, you know, modern like Internet days. Like uh, we're changing our name to International House of Burgers type of stunt. Like they really intended this to be the permanent new name. Everyone hated it and they changed it back like within six months. Wow. OK, that's uh, I had no idea. Me neither. OK, so. So how is this cheese made? And I mean, just just to be fair, like how is so I'm thinking of um, of other white cheeses that one encounters in Mexican cuisine, even right. even okay. like Oaxacan cheese. Yeah. You know, like how is this cheese made in, in a way that's different from other white cheeses that melt well? Right. So not super different. So first of all, I found, <laughs> found a USDA document that claimed that it's like the USDA standards for Mo- Monterey Jack cheese, which claims that it's any cheese cheese made by the Monterey process oh, or resulting in a similar like you know a cheese with similar properties it's like champagne right so I so of course immediately I'm like what is the Monterey process as far as I can tell there are no references to it anywhere else I think they cop they cut in uh find find and replaced cheddar because like cheddar is made according to the cheddaring process there is nothing about, about the Monterey, Monterey process, process anywhere other than the USDA website and they don't explain what it is so Monterey Jack is yes it is it is made in a way that is similar to other mild white cheeses including like a mild cheddar in mm-hmm. that it is curdled milk that mm-hmm. is that is then pressed and not aged very long but aged long enough to hold its shape Okay. So that means it's quite creamy compared to a longer age cheese, less salty, less developed flavor. Okay, I have a question about Havarti cheese. Another, oh, I don't know anything about it. Oh, but I was going to say, you know, I think of Havarti. So Havarti being another mild white cheese. Anyway, but I, I think of Havarti as being extremely creamy. Do you know what makes it that way? So like, it feel like you could almost smear it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like the the less the less aging a cheese has, the creamier it's going to be. But there are like other aspects of the cheese making process that I don't really understand. Okay, we okay. should we need to do like a cheese deep dive sometime and dive into a vat of cheese. Fair enough. Okay, so Jack is often. I mean, I, I think of Colby Jack. Uh huh. I, I think of it like a um these kinds of cheeses show up cubed yep. on. A deli tray? A deli tray. Or, you know, I remember when I worked at the university. Did you know it's called a deli tray because it was originally created by Adele? When I worked at the university and and would have to sometimes attend like some sort of like university reception or something, there was always a tray of, of a lot course. of cheese cubes. And there was always that like Port Stilton thing. <laughs> yep. And there was always Colby Jack. Uh, Which yeah, is totally. marbled, right? Orange and white. Yeah, and I think I think Colby is exactly the same as mild cheddar. Okay, that that's that's my impression. Okay. So yeah, so it's like kind of two of pretty much the same cheese, but one is co- colored and one is not. And how do they get marbled? That's a good question. Um, I mean, if we just like if we shredded a bunch of Monterey Jack and shredded a bunch of Colby, mixed them together, and I don't know, like crammed them in a shoebox or something, and then like stepped on it. That's the Monterey process, right there. <laughs> it involves a shoebox by okay. by USDA standards. I was just thinking of how to get it in a loaf form. I think probably they take like they, they've made the cheese and. It's it's maybe like not fully aged or maybe even is fully aged and uh, and like cut it into cubes, like toss the cubes together and, and then like heat it. it just enough 
that they can smoosh them back together, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it might like leak and get greasy if you did that. That's a good question. Mm. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So uh, should we start tasting these things? Yeah, sure. So I, I ended up with three. Like I got the store brand. I got the Tillamook, which Silots W says is better than store brand. And we'll see about that. And I got the pepper jack from the Murray's cheese counter, which I don't know if that's any better than the pepper, like the Tillamook pepper jack. I don't think I've ever had pepper jack. But oh, okay. pepper it's, jack, it's I good. think, seems like a really good thing. It is. So I'm going to I'm going to start here with Lucerne. Mm-hmm. And none of these other than maybe the pepper jack are really made to be tasted plain. <laughs> Not that you can't. Mm, that's tasty. It's fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. It tastes like salt and milk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the Tillamook. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this is better. <laughs> oh, this is better. <laughs> oh, that's yummy. But the Till- the Tillamook Jack tastes like, you know, a- uh, Mild cheddar. A mild cheddar, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. Okay, I'm going to try Pepper Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yummy. Mm-hmm. 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 I wonder when I first tasted Pepper Jack, because I feel like it's a thing I would have been skeptical of as a kid. Oh, but, yeah, big time. But, like, at the same time, it feels like kind of a kid's cheese. Oh, yeah, we got wheat thins here also. Okay, I'm going to cleanse my palate. Pepper Jack, man. how? So how did Pepper Jack come to be? Do you know anything well, about it? I mean, the thing about Jack is because it's so, like, mild, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great palate for, for adding flavors. So, like... Uh, there's like like lo- Beecher's cheese, local local cheesemaker. They they make like a jack um, that they flavor a few different ways. Like there's like a you know a jerk spiced version, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember what else. But mm. like if you're gonna take a cheese and uh, and you make a flavored cheese, Jack is usually a good place to start because it's inexpensive and plain flavored. Okay. And again, so we don't really know how it differs from mild white cheddar. It it doesn't really. So like there there is there is like a like a cheddaring, like kneading process that cheddar usually goes through that that is optional for Jack, but I think in practice it is a mild cheddar. Okay. So um what about Vela Dry Jack? Okay, so I was pleased to see that uh, Vela Dry Jack involves one of our uh, favorite things on the show, a uh, too-good-to-be-true accidental food invention mm. myth. <laughs> so so mm-hmm. like, whoops. Uh, we, oh, I um like I was Ruth, watching, Ruth Wakefield and the chocolate chip cookies. I was watching. Uh, yes, exactly. I was watching Top Chef, uh, and uh, on a recent episode of Top Chef, they were talking about chimichangas and alleged that the chimichanga was invented when someone accidentally dropped a burrito into a deep fryer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like so. Okay. So so uh, 
Quote, uh, Wikipedia, Dry Jack was created by accident in 1915 when a San Francisco wholesaler forgot about a number of wheels of fresh jack he had stored. As World War I intensified and shipments of hard cheese from Europe were interrupted, he rediscovered the wheels, which had aged into a product his customers found to be a good substitute for classic hard cheeses like Parmesan. Mm. So, like, the, the, like, the theme of all these stories is that like you know people people who work in food are stupid and mm-hmm. like uh, you know they're constantly ne- forgetting they're about constantly forgetting inventory. stuff and they never have ideas like mm, fried things are tasty what if I fried this burrito mm-hmm. <laughs> or like aged cheeses are tasty what if I aged this cheese that I've been making isn't doesn't fella dry jack have something rubbed on the outside of it mm. or uh, I can't remember mm. I think you're right. When I looked on their website, first of all, Vela Vela Creamery has a delightful website that looks like it's from like 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they make dry jacks in like, you know, 10 different agings and like, you know, uh, premium quality levels. Interesting. Um, I wonder who who buys them and, and what for? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a tasty eating cheese. Like, yeah. You know, I, I was hoping to find it like at the Maurice cheese counter at QFC and they didn't have it, but it certainly wouldn't be out of place there. Mm-hmm. So how do you use Jack? Like when when do you buy it and what do you usually buy? I usually buy cheap Jack, store okay. brand. Based on this tasting, I might spring for the Tillamook, although I don't know if I would notice the difference after it's melted, which is what I always do with it. Mm-hmm. So mainly I use it for enchiladas and tortilla soup. And enchiladas when I want to like get some like crispy cheese on top because it crisps really well without, you know, like if you, if you like crisp up a sharp cheddar, it's going to like separate and get kind of greasy. Yes. Jack doesn't do that as much, probably because of the higher moisture level. Okay. I made it recently for the first time in a while because it is a huge project. This stacked green chicken enchiladas recipe. Mm. Uh, it's in, it, the recipe is in my book, Hungry Monkey. So everyone go out and buy my old ass book. It's it's um, a good one. You make, uh, you make like a, a uh, in a soup plate kind of, a, uh, a stacked chicken enchilada, so layers of like chicken and and uh, green uh, tomatillo sauce and okay. uh, and cheese and uh, and uh, corn tortillas just laid out flat, and then you put a ton of cheese over the top and broil it so the cheese crisps around the edge of the soup plate, the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack works perfectly for this, and uh, and it's so tasty. Do you say it's a ton of work because you make the tomatillo salsa from scratch and all the other things? Yeah, and also you put some cowboy beans on the bottom, so you oh. make those too. Um, and yeah, you have and you like fry each of the tortillas real quick. It's uh, oh, okay. yeah, it, it was okay. an all day project, but it was very tasty. Oh, that sounds great. Okay. Um, other than that, when I make tortilla soup. I know, like, what kind of cheese is supposed to go in, in tortilla soup. Like Do you want to tell everybody what kind is supposed to go in like there? Like a cotija or, or mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a crumbly, like, Mexican cheese. Okay. I like to take, like, cut up little tiny cubes of, of jack cheese and put them in my tortilla soup. It gets, like, you know, it kind of sticks to the spoon and you have to, like, claw it off yeah. with, your, with your teeth. And it's chewy and, str- and like... Uh, stringy and uh, very satisfying and like very silly. And I, I like no, I do like uh, you know a a semi firm cheese like this in tortilla soup. Yeah, I'm thinking of this soup. So there used to be this Mexican restaurant um, in San Rafael, California, that was owned by some family friends of my aunt, and I'm actually maybe it's still there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. They made um, a, a sort of a like a um, like a chicken and rice soup with like a Mexican inflection mm-hmm. to it that they called Sopa Guadalajara. Maybe it is a Guadalajara specialty. And that always has like grated jack cheese or a grated like soft white cheese on yeah. top. And God, I love that. 
Yeah, and like anywhere, like I could, I could be using like a Oaxaca cheese, totally, um, and it would serve the same purpose. It'd probably be better, honestly. Yeah, it has more flavor. Yeah. What about? I mean, do you use jack cheese? Would you use it on nachos or like yeah, quesadillas? I, we, Would we you ever do that? We made some nachos with like a mix of jack and cheddar. I I like cheddar better for nachos. I like cheddar better for all of those things. It, okay. ju- it just has more flavor, and like I like how. When I make nachos, we did a nacho episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. I like to just like scatter uh, shredded cheddar onto the chips and bake it until it's like bubbly and really like glued onto the chips. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like you, it, cheddar works well for that. It just has more flavor than Jack. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Wow. Well, uh, oh, what would you use pepper Jack for? Oh, Pepper Jack on a grilled cheese sandwich is uh, really good. That sounds right? so good. Um, Pepper Jack on a burger is very good. Although oh, I love like I will, I will often like roast a poblano chili and put that on a burger. That's my probably my number one favorite burger topping. But this is like a, a shortcut. But this to is get a shortcut. Like, yeah, sometimes sometimes I will make myself like a like a fast food style smash patty burger for mm-hmm. lunch, and pepper jack is so good on that. And like the I feel like the key the key to making like a good smash patty burger. Like most people, like if you read like you know friend of the show Kenji Lopez Alt, he'll talk a lot about like you know how to get the best crust on the burger with mm-hmm. the best smashing technique and like when to salt it and stuff. For me, it's really all about using way more salt and pepper than you think you should because mm-hmm. that's what they do at fast food places and it's so good ah yum well okay that was that was just a little a little taste of jack for you well i I feel like this was a really good summer episode because man pepper jack on a burger that sounds so good to me yeah you could make it the summer of jack you could make it the summer of jack but don't be like david jacks no don't be like that guy. yeah don't be like him find a different we know we know like like. after this episode you you uh you thought maybe like we were suggesting that you become a land baron but just the opposite yeah be more like jack from titanic yeah (laughs) i don't remember what he did except fall in love with rose i mean he's a he's a sketch he's an artist oh he's sketchy like he's a a sketchy he's a sketchy guy like like go go around like like drawing like like have, your French girls yeah like yeah exactly <laughs> okay great glad that's, we that's what we stand for here <laughs> yeah okay all right Matthew it's my week to do an now but wow please do this one uh, uh, you know I have a feeling that our listeners may already know about this but. If you have not yet watched the show Pachinko on Apple TV, you I haven't. absolutely should. So I read the book. Did mm-hmm. you read the book Pachinko? Nope. Oh, it's fantastic. I think it might be too sad for you. Yeah. Anyway, multi-generational story, uh, a, a Korean family, um, a, and deals with um, basically the uh, the oppression of the Korean people historically by by Japan. Yeah. And uh, anyway, parts of it take place in Korea. Parts of it take place in Japan. This, the, the book is incredible uh, by Min Jin Lee. If you haven't read it yet, read it. If you want a shortcut version, like a pepper jack version of Pachinko, <laughs> you should watch the show. It's a, a drama series on Apple TV. It has a fantastic cast, sure. uh, including Yunya Jung. What? What else would I would I know them? From? Uh, she was in. Uh, was it? Uh, oh my gosh, Minari. Okay, is that the name of it? Yep. She won some big award for that. She was at an awards ceremony sometime in the last couple of years and like was teamed up with Brad Pitt to like announce an award. And she 
was funny and okay. like delightful. Anyway, South Korean actor uh, Yoon Yajung, and she is in Pachinko. It is fantastic on Apple TV. Watch it. It's beautiful. Oh, and don't watch the dubbed version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch the dubbed version. No, I never do if I can help it. Yeah. All right. Pachinko on Apple TV. How long are the episodes? I think they're about an hour. Okay. You know, I, I can't remember. We It was so absorbing. We, we didn't really ever look at the, okay. the clock. Anyway. So, yeah. And, oh, my gosh. Oh, I just... I also love the like opening sequence. Like it, I love like a good cr- opening sequence. Anyway, it's just it's great. I love it. Uh, can I can I throw in a little bonus now? But wow, is, which is just like a uh, you know something something that I've now but wowed previously, but is back for season two. Okay, uh, Kung Fu on the CW oh, yeah. is back back for season two. We're we're like three episodes in, and uh, episode three was really funny. Like it's uh, it's it's a really delightful, silly, fun show. Okay, that's it's like the opposite of Pachinko. It's kind of the opposite of Pachinko. Um, all right, our producer is Abby Circatella. Uh, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you already did. Uh, you can you can hang out with uh, with some some cool lillies. I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying this out. Oh, this is what we're calling our minute. fans now. We did this on the last episode. <laughs> I know, but now it's we're doing it every time. It's part of this episode. You know, lots, of, lots of podcasts have like a thing that they call their listeners. Like like I, I don't know what name a podcast. Hold on, I'm watching a bicyclist out your window, like get ready to hop on a bike while like actively smoking a cigarette. That guy is so cool. This guy, and he's riding down like a very steep hill. I am fascinated by the life choices he's making right now. Yeah, like so, like we talked a lot on on last. Oh, he just uh, hawked one. Wow. Yeah. Last episode, we talked a lot about like uh, much more than we usually do on the show about like like things that are healthy and uh, not healthy. I'm so sorry I brought that up. Sometimes no, no, it, no, like- no, it's OK. But like I feel like, uh, you know, that really primed me to like to to understand the contradictions that are going on just outside the window with this guy who's uh, riding a bicycle and smoking <laughs> and and like heading down like the steepest hill in the neighborhood. But but not yet. Still standing there. OK, here we go. OK. Is he going to make it? We don't know. He made it like 10 feet. Yeah, we can't see all the way down the hill from here. Okay, anyway. So name a podcast. I'm putting you on the spot here. Na- just name a podcast. Any po- podcast. Well, uh, uh, this is what came to mind first. It's not representative. The Ezra Klein Show. Okay, so so probably the Ezra Klein Show <laughs> has, like, like Ezra Klein probably has something that he calls his fans, like like Klein Heads or Klein Bottles <laughs> or um, Ezzy's. Um, so I think, I think, Kleiner Kinder. I think we're calling our listeners lilies, unless this is like some kind of slur that we don't know about, in which case, like, forget we ever said it. We're not calling our listeners this. It stands for listeners. I'd like to yuck. (laughs) But but in a nice way. No. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think some listeners are totally into it. Listeners, tell us what you want to be called (laughs) on Reddit. On the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Someone's going to start a thread about uh, what should spilled milk listeners be called. I think they should be called by their names. Okay. No, they should be called by our names. Call, call, let call them by your names. We will, we will call them by our names. So, so like Molly's? <laughs> Molly's and Matthews. Okay. Yeah, and they can, uh, yeah, we're really into binary genders here, so. <laughs> no, I think they should all be called Molly's. I think it has a better ring to it okay. than Matthews. Too many consonants. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, All right. So uh, until next time, uh, to all the Mollies out there, (laughs) I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Um, I'm I'm a Molly. (laughs) No, you're the Molly. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you oh, by. Sorry, I was sighing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.